Welcome to the Gate Crashers Podcast, where we storm the gates of publishing and dare to talk about the realities of the industry. I'm your Ivory Tower representative, Amanda Liedeke, literary agent and vice president at McGregor and Liedeke. And I'm your self-publishing insider, Therese Crow, novelist and speaker. All right, last week we talked about whale readers. These are voracious readers, typically hang out in Kindle Unlimited. They read tons of books many times multiple books a week. And there are a lot of pros, a lot of positives that they bring to the table, but there's also a lot of cons. So last week we talked about the pros and this week we are talking about the cons, the the negatives, yeah. the dangers, the red flags about yes. whale readers. Yeah, this can be a dangerous relationship to enter into, especially if you are primarily whale hunting. Um, <laughs> my name is Ishmael. Yeah, no, not, what is it? Ishmael. My name is Ishmael. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we're definitely calling this whale hunting from now on. That's just how that's going to go. The pros of whale hunting, the cons of whale hunting. That's the And series. stick around for the very end of the episode where I'm sure Amanda's going to stitch in me singing some sort of sea shanty because now I'm not going to be able to contain myself. <laughs> that was my favorite two weeks of any January ever. What can I say? Like most, even most classic novels that deal with whales or fish or things of the sea end badly. So yes, <laughs> because you're dealing with the ocean. Right. What are Never you thinking? You weren't, you don't belong there. You don't no. have fins and gills. Get out of there. This is hilarious because Amanda and my husband have this thing where they just send each other terrifying videos of stuff that's in the ocean. It's kind of a competition. It's kind of like shared trauma because they both hate it and they both do it. Yeah. The, I mean, you think you think like the giant squid is bad. Wait until you find out that there's a thing called the colossal squid. Like things are just getting bigger. Okay. The more we discover, the more terrifying it gets. The larger so. they are. <laughs> so one of the things that I personally dislike about whale readers is that they can be notoriously picky about following tropes and expected beats in a certain genre. And so it can really, it can trap you personally into like a certain wedge of your career. So it can trap you creatively, but then as an overall genre, because they dictate so much of the market, they don't let it grow. Hmm. You know, one of the beautiful things that I love about fiction is that it's allowed to kind of mutate and evolve as time goes on. And what a certain genre was expected to look like at a certain time period changes over time. But whale readers, in my opinion, tend to get in the way of that. Hmm. Um, because you, if you're trying to cater to them, that means you're trying to cater to them, leaving you five-star reviews, right? So you can't always subvert their expectations in a way that creates really great fiction because you don't want to end up with those two and three star middling reviews from the whale readers who say, well, I, I liked this series until you did fill in the blank, mm -hmm. which you're not supposed to do right. in whatever genre. Right. So they very much are in the ballpark of like, let's keep it safe. Let's keep the expectations the same mm -hmm. with this book. Like it shouldn't try any new things or be anything it's not intended to be. Like they are the they're conservative in that sense where they just want things to stay the right. same. It's kind of like when people, you know, 
they're on their eighth rewatch of the office mm-hmm. it's just sort of background noise or yeah. it's you know it's comfortable it's safe you know it's coming there's no conflict with it yeah so that could be stifling if you're really relying on them for your paycheck exactly another thing that i don't like about whale reader whale readers and this is really one of the biggest ones for me is whale readers are not likely to remember you if you're not currently releasing a book. You know, these are not your super fans. We said last week, you know, they will post about you when they first find you to their friends. But these are not necessarily the people who are even going to remember you when you change series, because that was 20 authors ago. Yeah. You know, if you're reading that much, do you really take the time to get to know the author who's publishing that fiction. So you're spending, you as an author are spending so much time catering to them and they just move on. Yeah. You know, I mean, to be fair for fun, I read maybe 10 books a year. Right. I, I don't remember the authors of all of those books. Right. Like, so to be fair, yeah, no, that doesn't happen for, for me. And I'm just, I'm barely even reading for fun. Right. So Yeah. And they're not going to remember specific plot points. You know, if you're only releasing a book, maybe every six months, maybe four months, which is still good for you. Congratulations. Like that's amazing, but not for a whale reader. A whale reader is expecting constant new content. They thrive off of this um, rapid release schedule that especially self-published writers have developed and cultivated and turned into this, you know, thing that you got to do. Created their own monster in a way. Yes. Yes, we have. A beast that you need to feed. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, you're Mm -hmm. out. There's a horror book in there somewhere. Authors being consumed by their own decisions. And yet the last con that I've got right here is the whole rapid release thing. That's pretty much the only way that you're going to be able to keep up with these whale readers and it's just not maintainable no for a lot of writers no and so yeah it just it doesn't make sense because you know if a whale reader gets into your series yes they're going to buy books one through eight are they going to go through your backlist i don't think so they've already got eight other titles sitting and waiting and if they read that series that it doesn't mean that they are now your fan. They liked that series, but you've got to go out and catch them again right. with your next series. I spoke with one woman who she's published over a hundred books in the last couple of years, but she was talking to me about how she needs to focus more of her efforts on her marketing and less on writing the next book. Because when she releases it, yes, she sees a huge jump in her royalties, but it doesn't, it doesn't continue as much as she wants it to. And that's because she needs to do more of her marketing. But it's also because if she's solely looking for these whale readers, that's how they read. They consume and then they're gone. Uh-huh. they're not, they're not looking to do a deep dive on your career personally. They're not looking to consume your entire backlist. Uh-huh. And so for me, whale readers are short-term, they are upfront, but this is not the person who, you know, five years down the road, is going to be sitting chatting with a friend who's like, I really wish I could find a book that's like 
they're not going to remember your, your name. Even if they do remember that your book did that for them, that it was what this friend is looking for, they're not going to remember the title. They're not going to be able to find you. They don't follow your social media. They don't interact with you. You know, they are there for the content and then they're gone. Well, this is depressing. Yeah. (laughs) I suggest we just start a food truck. Let's just drop the whole writing thing. I've already, I've got a plan. We just need to put together a menu, secure some finances. Somebody wants to drop some tips in our tip jar to help me start my food truck. That'd be great. I will personally make you deep fried mac and cheese balls with jalapenos and hickory smoked bacon. um, I I feel like, so this defeats the, the, like one of the, um, this defeats the purpose of one of the main draws of self-publishing. And that is you can set your own schedule. If you want to take a break, you can take a break. If you want to live your life for a year and not write, you can do that. But if you're catering to these whale readers and if they dictate whether you make $20,000 a month versus $2,000 a month, yep, like that's a big burden to bear mm-hmm. because you don't know if when you get back into it after taking some kind of a long break you don't know if they're gonna be downloading like maybe your book books are gonna be so far removed from their list of recommended reads that it's just gonna take so much effort to even get back into that like get exactly that screen time on their e-reader or on their phone yep that's stressful so that's why i say don't don't chase the whales like great yeah. if they happen to come across your path but i would not recommend building a career, trying to just hit that market. I would rather have somebody who loves my books. And if it takes me two years to come out with the next one, they're going to be right there in line. Can't wait to get the next installment because it meant something to them. That's the kind of reader I want to attract. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Gate Crashers podcast. If you found value in this episode or in any of the episodes we've done, you can drop a tip in our tip jar. You can send a tip via PayPal. Simply use our link, paypal.me slash gatecrashers, or log into PayPal and search us using our username, which is at gatecrashers. And be sure to be here next week for a brand new episode. 